Hey, this is Aquia Jamfi, and you're listening to TBB Talks, the podcast where we from the British Blacklist bring you our conversations with creative black folk from the UK and across the globe. We'll be talking to up and comings, headline popping, and the legends from screen, stage, music, and literature. Basically, if they're creative, we'll be talking to them. And we hope to shed some insight into their lives, the work that they choose, who their inspirations are, how they stay motivated, and more importantly, how they keep sane being black in the arts and entertainment world. Um, hello, how are you? I'm very well, thanks. How are you? I'm good. Are you not tired, fatigued from I'm doing knackered. this run? Yeah. I'm knackered. What's been... I'm always knackered, though, so... Well... I mean, in this respect, you're doing quite a lot, directing and starring, co-directing and starring. So what is the most tiring when doing a, uh, a production like this? I mean, I, I know you're a seasoned state actor and creative. However, what is it that's most taxing across the whole breadth of doing this uh, production in general anyway? Switching your brain off so you can sleep. Oh. Yeah. I live on Nitol. Okay. Might have a vodka. <laughs> and listen to some radio podcast or something to fall asleep to it hopefully oh so i was having that trouble this is so sidelined i've been having that trouble recently that i'm trying to find a podcast that speaks to me whilst i'm trying to sleep which is a bit rude to the podcast host poor people but i wanted to find like a a, especially like a british voice because i listen to a few american ones but i can't find a british voice or a conversation or a podcast that, I've, I, that suits me. So what, do you have any recommendations? So, well, no, no, I, no, I really don't about podcasts. <laughs> what, I, what I end up doing is I'll listen to Radio 4 on the iPlayer. Okay. So I'll listen to, if the news is too juicy, then it keeps me awake listening yeah, to Yeah, the then you can't tune so out. I, yeah. So I quite like, and the news is pretty juicy at the moment. Yeah. So I like listening to book at bedtimes or okay. short stories or, or I'll listen to things like Melvin Bragg's In Our Time or, or a science something or other. Or something that's kind of mild, that I am interested in, but I can also be lulled off to sleep with it. It's not going to make me excitable. Yeah. I'm trying to unexcite my brain, basically. <laughs> yeah, of course, I can imagine, because there's so much going on. I mean, the last time we spoke to you, it was 2015, and you were peaches in a wolf in snakeskin shoes. So yes, slightly different. Yeah, slightly yeah. different to what you're doing now. So in looking at that, before we get on to the whole um, Richard II, how do you feel about your career trajectory? Because it seems you've tried your hand at all spe- aspects of acting, TV, film and stage. And are you happy with it? Do you feel like you've had good... It seems to me that you've had a good breadth of characters, different types of characters, but do you feel satisfied with the work that you've had so far? I don't think we're ever satisfied. I think if you get satisfied, then you're done. I think that I chug along. Mm. I haven't been out of work since Maggie Thatcher was deposed. Wow. So that's 92. Mm. I was out of work for six months then and I worked in a bar because I remember listening to it on the little transistor radio back in the day. And we all sat around the bar cheering. So that was 92. That's the last time I was out of work. So I've been doing it for 35 years. So I've had a pretty good bash at it. I think just been in Canada filming a Netflix film. I've done TV series. I've done movies. I've done radio and audio books and stage work. I'm an associate at the RSC now. I've written. I've directed. So I've yeah. I'm sort of doing all sorts, and that's good because I think most actors, what is part of the appeal for them is the variety of it all. Yeah. I've just done Maya Angelou's six autobiographies on the radio playing her and I worked with her in the 80s and it's beautiful to come back to her again wow. and um so it's a varied thing would you say it's an accomplished accomplished career 
I'd never say that. Oh, wow. Where I come from, <laughs> where I come from, people would say, what, you're something special, do you? <laughs> okay. But, I mean, and we I'd have go, to... I'd, well, I'd say it's an accomplishment to be working, mm. be able to feed the kids and pay the mortgage. And, mm. and what, I think what's been particularly good for me about this last year is I've done three Shakespeare's in the last year, as well as directing in drama schools. And so I'm kind of quite deep in my Shakespeare at the moment. I worked with Nick Heitner at the bridge, and then I was up at the RSC with mm. Greg Duran doing Troilus and Cressida and now directing and writing this. So I'm kind of quite immersed in it at the moment. And I and I love Shakespeare. And I think that a lot of the time Shakespeare seems to me to be used as a tool to beat people with, to sort of go, you know, you're not in the gang. Uh, it, this is far too complicated for the likes of you. You're not exclusive enough to understand Shakespeare. And I think he would be appalled. I'm appalled anyway, because I just think here's somebody that writes on a heartbeat the heartbeat is what they're interested in. They're not interested in your genitalia or your melanin. Mm. They're interested in your heart. And as a woman of colour, that speaks to me. I have a place in this story. And I've, there's been no complications about us being an all-women all of colour company. I've got a brilliant company of actors. Um, they speak the language clearly and correctly so that it makes the language easy to understand and straightforward and as it should be. And there's all sorts of accents and styles mm. and the fun of it and the joke it makes you laugh and it makes you cry and for me if i go to the theater that's job done that's what you want or if i see a movie or a tv thing or i read a book that's what i want make me laugh make me cry make me think make me come out feeling slightly different than i did when i came in i wasn't actually going to ask about if it's been a struggle or anything because i think we're getting to a point now where it's not so much of um a big deal as it were to see all black productions they're kind of in vogue right now as well to see what we yeah, can but, do but you know however what? this isn't on. an all black production that's the point it's an all women of color production okay it's women from across the empire my whole point was i want to do a play about Richard II, which mm. is about the state of England. It's got this deceptive dial. It's about civil unrest at home. It's about going abroad to um, have murderous adventures in foreign countries. Ireland is massive in this play. People go off to the Holy Land to sort of wash their hands of the blood that they've spilled elsewhere by killing brown people, basically. Mm. So this play, I wanted to use women from empire to tell the story of England mm. because we have created this country. Mm. So we have Chinese actresses. I mean, the whole company is Mixed. women of colour. Okay. Fight director, fight directors, voice coaches, designers, costume designers, composers, musicians, everything women of colour. We go from China to Pakistan to India to Barbados to Jamaica to Iran, to Iraq, to Israel, to Ghana. It's women from the empire. That is different. That An all-women of colour company doing Shakespeare has never been done in this country before. And it's 2019. And it's really interesting how little the media has been interested in it. There's been some really interesting pushback in terms of ignoring it. The reviews have been great. The reviews have, because they've talked about um, not just about, oh, well done, look at the brown ladies, yeah. good work, ladies. They <laughs> yeah. talked about re reinvigorating the text, making it fresh, speaking to the times we're living in now, all those things that any good play should do. And part of my mission, I suppose, was to go, we can do this stuff in our sleep. What we can't do is offer ourselves the jobs because we are not generally in those positions. We're not, yeah. And that's... What you have to do is open your minds to see who we are 
and what we can do. And it's about trust, isn't it? Anywhere. It's about trust, isn't it? Because I feel this is one of the conversations that comes up, well, lot, not even one of them, it comes up repeatedly that the gatekeepers tend to, if they're not going to hire us because they want to make excuses that we're not qualified, we're not good enough, then it's then when they we are good enough or we've proven ourselves, then it's about trusting that we can handle it without them maybe breathing down our necks, putting in their, giving their input into how we should tell our story, especially. So do you feel that this some of the pushback is because they don't trust I mean, how's their pushback? Because obviously you've, you've done the production, you've shown it's brilliant, there's brilliant reviews, my reviewer loved it. However, there's still the pushback. Where how, how can people possibly push back against something that's so proven and in your trajectory, in your career? How many times has because that been a thing, like not trusting you? I think there are layers of unconscious bias and prejudice that sure. people don't even realise they're operating under. And, and all of that plays into the decision-making process they have. So for us, one of the beautiful things about this production was not being the only one in the room. Exactly. Yeah. Everybody's a woman of colour, so it doesn't matter. Just come and be an artist for once. You don't have to represent as the only woman or as the only person of colour. You are not the unvarnished truth about yes. all of those cultural things. You're just you one, just one person who is an artist in a space just getting on with their work. And I think, for me, that's been the greatest joy of doing the show. It's just the freedom to not have to be anything other than an actor or a director in the space, having a relationship with a language on the page, telling the story I want to tell in company with other people who are just brilliant at what they do, just getting on with it. That was what I was going to also ask. It's not being the only one in the room. What's that felt like? You kind of answered it. It's just... It's liberating. Yeah, you don't have to explain yourself. You don't have to... Because it's like... Yeah. Absolutely. And it's like, don't come and be... Don't be crap. Yeah. Don't be crap. And that's it. Yeah. Try things. Be brave. And if it doesn't work out, I'll say, that's rubbish. Do something else. And and we carry on like that. So it's been a rehearsal room that was incredibly honest Mm. and incredibly loving. There's not a person in that room who was not in this country because somebody from this country at some point went to where their ancestors were and did something to them. Mm. Mm. So there's a shared history. Colonised them, took their resources, in some way reduced the the whole of their humanity. And in this space, we all share that trauma. And in this space, we all infuse each other with a fullness of who we are, the whole of our humanity. I think that that can be a complicated thing for people to understand who've not experienced it. And I think you've literally answered everything. I haven't needed to ask any questions, to be honest. But that's exactly that's kind of... <laughs> but it's it's good because it's like, these are what this is what people want to know. And, and no matter how many times we try to... Guys, put yourself in our shoes. What it's like if you're in a room and it's just the people that you know, the people that look like you, that comfortable feeling. Now place that on someone who's just the only and is always the only. And we, it is, it's just so hard to articulate. So I read somewhere that you, and I'm sure this comes up and you... I hate it myself, always talking about diversity. However, what I find, and it's, it's what you've done with this production and other productions like it, is that instead of maybe campaigning all the time to be seen, it's about getting on with it and just getting it done. So as you're... I, I, yeah. yeah. So I I'm just saying... I don't yeah, want, I'm, yeah, go on, sorry. I'm bored rigid of talking about diversity. Yeah, of course. But, but you know, because I just think, do the work. Put people of a diverse range of, you know, everything... Income, experience, sexuality, race, gender, the whole schmoly. Put the world in your places of decision-making mm. and the world will shift. Mm. 
it's it's not rocket science. It's really easy. And I, you know, there's part of me that goes, I don't want you to be Lady Bountiful and go, oh, yes, do come and work for us. We'd love to have some of you people here. <laughs> have a range of people making the invitation. And then it will just come. Because we all, we're all interested in ourselves. Babies gaze at themselves in wonder in the mirror for hours. Exactly. We're interested in our own stories. I don't begrudge the middle-aged white man being interested in stories about middle-aged white men that went to Oxbridge or middle-aged white men that worked in a car plant, although you'll get more of the former stories than the latter because it's also about class. I don't begrudge them being interested in those stories, but we need more people making decisions about what stories are interesting. Exactly. And in that way... In that way, we'll all experience all the stories. And in experiencing all the stories, you understand more and more how much we're the same, how much we all care about the same things. We all hate being humiliated and belittled. We all love being loved and encouraged. We all worry about paying the rent and who's going to fall in love with us and who's going to walk the dog and what do I do about my boss. And all, you know, yeah, we have co- all we have the same shit. Yeah, we, we all have, have the same, same stories. stories. It's about recognising our common humanity. And you know, when people come to see this Richard II, I had a friend who came and said to me, don't take this the wrong way, Adj, but yeah, by the time I got to the end of the play and you come up out of the thing into the prison, I kind of went, oh God, she's got breasts. I've forgotten. <laughs> I've forgotten you. I've forgotten you're a woman. I just thought, it's Richard. For me, which I That's was testament. So That's amazing. It's yeah. Like, you just got lost in the person and that person was just a person. I mean, I don't go around thinking every day, hello, I'm a black woman. Sure. I go around thinking, you know, I support Leeds United and I don't eat fish or meat and I've got a black Labrador and. I just live my life. Just like normal things, a, yeah. We're not, yes, mm. and that, but what you get is the judgments that come at you that lay something on you that's nothing to do with you. It's other people's stuff that gets laid on you. And then you're supposed to accept those judgments or respond in some way to them. And it's boring. So with this play, I just wanted to go, let's just have a nice time doing a brilliant play that's got an awful lot to say to all of us. And, you know, when I cut the play and I cast the play and I got my friend Annette to come in and co-direct it because I thought if I do it on my own, I'll go bonkers. Yeah, for sure. And I trust Lynette and we've worked together before and she's a great director and we're very, very blunt with each other, but we still love each other. So it just saves all the, well, I was just thinking, you just go, that's shit, don't do that. Or that's fantastic. And it's really clean. What I was interested in is what happens if you're a three-year-old boy who lose, who lose your father or a three-year-old child that lose your father and then a 10-year-old child that lose your grandfather and suddenly you're told, now go be king with no support systems around you. Wow. What happens to those, you know? So for, for me, that's what I'm interested in and that's something that everybody can get behind. It doesn't matter what your background or your income bracket or whatever. Losing a parent when you're a tiny kid and then having to function in the world in some coherent way that tells you a lot about how that person's going to yeah, so cope or not. When's it finishing? Easter Sunday, April 21st. And, and what's next for you? Uh, there's some telly things, okay. uh, film coming out, radio, <laughs> audio books, just chugging along. Oh, brilliant. Chugging uh, along. That's good. Thank you so much yeah. for um, speaking to us. So I've got a rush because I could speak to you all day. I listened to you and all thank, day as well. And thank you for all your support and for putting it out there. And I just... You know, I just want people to not feel intimidated by Shakespeare. Just come along and know that you are welcomed and invited by this production. And it, this and is for everybody. It sounds yeah. it. I'm sure you guys have made it very um, inviting. Thank you, Adwa. Oh, you're so welcome. Bless you for having me on. No worries. Take care. All right. God bless. Bye. Bye. Bye.